Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Kill the Dragon, a Ooh. podcast for dangerous saints. Our swords are getting clear. Yes. Uh, this is episode eight, and uh, Fred and I are here after an awesome conversation with Dalton last time. Yeah. And we are joined again by, uh, th- honestly, probably the smartest of the three. Oh, yeah. definitely not. Yeah. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> Certainly <laughs> the one who, anyway, out of this whole thing. So. The one who has her act together most frequently. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, Shauna is with us. Thank you, thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah. Do you want to remind, you were at the beach, right? That's where you were? That big Hawaii vacation? Was I at the beach? Not did I? I was feeling sorry for you. Now I'm not it was either that yeah. or she was in the Grand Canyon. It was, a, it was a really horrible thing, I'm sure. I yeah. wouldn't have missed it for any other reason. Suffering for Jesus. <laughs> Suffering for Jesus, Somewhere. I'm certain. <laughs> oh no, Shauna's here, Fred's here. We are in Fred's classroom. There's coffee percolating in the background, Woo-hoo! so if you hear that, Life. that's the official soundtrack yes. of our podcast. <laughs> we don't have one that plays at the beginning. Uh, yeah. No. So maybe we should just brew some coffee every time. And... If there's a coffee company that wants to sponsor, oh yeah, there you go. right. We, we would be happy to name you. Yes, and yeah, anyway. we'll wear t-shirts and everything. <laughs> now, who wants to fill those emails? Because I'm sure there's going to be a lot coming in. <laughs> All right. So um, today, we so we sent an email around a couple days ago, if talking about what God has been doing in our lives and mm-hmm. anything that we might want to bring to bear for this particular conversation. And Shauna had just an, a wonderful insight on what God's been doing in her Bible reading and some ideas of the Christian life right. that have been brought to bear there that I, th- I think is just going to be a fruitful sort of uh, extemporaneous conversation mm-hmm. to have um, of, uh, surrounding Jeremiah, surrounding the topic that she um, sent out to us. So I just, mm-hmm. I yield the floor oh, man. to the lady from Georgia. <laughs> so, yes. Shauna. All right. Um, yeah, so you had asked just what the Lord had been doing in our lives and uh that was literally the last uh, eight hours you sent that out what like lunchtime and and that was maybe that morning the morning before so um anyway i have just as i think i have said on here before just all my mama worries that's where if i'm going to worry about anything that's where it goes my kids and how how am i raising them and are we doing a good job are we poor enough or is too much all of those what if questions and it's things that i have to surrender to the father over and over and over again and so I was feeling super discouraged, um, probably for about a 48 hour period of just what's coming at them. And that just kind of took over my thought process. And like I said, sometimes I can let that down well, but the last 48 hours I was not doing that very good. And so um, I got up one morning desperate for the Father to speak to me. Um, I'm, on a, I'm on a reading plan already. It's in the Bible app. It's um, the one year plan, or I think it's called the one year recap. But it's with uh, Tara Lee Cobble, and it just gives you a plan to read the Bible in a year from Genesis to Revelation. So I just opened up to my next day. It was uh, Jeremiah 25 through 29. And I had felt the the Lord kind of move, you know, the day before. And and I was kind of, you know, kind of this, give it to me. And you would think that I would be happy about hearing that. But I was kind of stomping in that obedience of Okay, but still things are coming at them. So I was going to be obedient and do whatever the Father called me to do. I was going to lay it down the way he told me to, but I was going to kind of be mad about it. So I get up this morning. I'm like, Lord, I need a word from you. Um, I'm, I'm reading. I know Jeremiah 29 is coming and Jeremiah 29 11 is, and I was like stiff-arming it. Like, Mm-mm. I know that you have good plans, but right now that's not what I feel. Right. right? So I was going to just stiff-arm it. So, but he is tricky sometimes. And so he comes at me with Jeremiah 29 7. So I wasn't ready to stiff arm at this point. Hmm. 
Jeremiah 29 is most everybody's favorite. Jeremiah 29 11, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, and everybody likes to really cling to that, and that is so very true. Uh, there's nothing false about that, and it should not be taken lightheartedly. Right. However, I think a lot of people miss the fact that the Father was talking to his people, the Israelites, and he was sending them off into exile, right, when he says this verse. So it would kind of be like for us as parents looking at our children before we discipline them and saying, this is good for you. Right. Well, that didn't feel good to them. It's not great you know, for us to have to discipline, but that's what this verse is about. So in Jeremiah 29, he is talking to his people in exile in Babylon, in a place where uh, they are sent off. Their young men are made, some of them are made eunuchs. They are made to learn the culture of the Babylonians. Like this is not a heyday for them. And it, it started really in verse 5, and it says, Build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons, and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. And 7 is where he just let it rest for me. He said, But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Yeah. So we live as exiles here. We know that our citizenship is of uh, another country. We serve another king, um, not anyone here. And so as exiles, this is what I feel like often as my kids. I, I am too, but that mama heart goes to my kids. Yeah. As they live in exile, what I want sometimes, I guess, even though if I understand the knowledge of, hey, we're Christ followers and that's going to be hard for me, and them. Uh, sometimes when I see it actually happening, I still get caught up in the physical part of it, the day-to-day -day of it. I forget that truth. And when he allowed me to read seven, what he was saying is, the, wherever I plant you, whatever church I send you to, whatever school I send you to, whatever job I send you to, whatever house I send you to, that's your exile. Because here, no matter where we go, we're in exile. And the way you pour into it, the way you pray over it, the way you love it, the way you raise your children in it, those things are going to become then my own welfare. Yeah. Where I want to take my family and move to the hills of Montana and stay in a cave where there's nobody around. And so then in my mind, I don't have to worry about anything. That's not what he says here. Right. Here he says, yeah, live in the midst of mm -hmm. this horrible exile. But don't just live and don't just be obedient angrily to me. Yeah. I desire for your heart to match up, that you would be joyfully obedient, that you would pour into the places where I have sent you, even if you don't love everything that's happening around you. Right. I, I have sent you there and I have a purpose in it. So that just spoke really, really loud to me that day. And it, it allowed me to, I guess, just rest in the spirit, understanding that as a mama, he is in complete control. He is authority. He has authority over my children. And where sometimes that can be scary, in this moment, it was really, really sweet. Well, I talked to you the other day, you know, of these trials and tribulations that, you know, that we face in exile or in where we're at here. Mm -hmm. uh, I asked you how you're doing. Mm -hmm. You remember? And, and you said that, hey, listen. Did I cry this time? No, you didn't. You know, <laughs> See, it's a good day. It's a good day. <laughs> but, but, but what you did say is, no, this, the circumstances are still pretty much the same, but my heart is different. Yes. So yes. the, that's that's the thing, you a know. Perspective the, change. Yeah, the, yeah, it's it's a paradigm shift. Yeah. Of, oh wow, you know. Okay, I'm in here. I'm in this this season, uh, and the season is while we're here, right? Right. Uh, until um, the city that is to come. That's yeah. what we yeah. long for. Mm -hmm. um, 
going back to my roots in West Virginia, I want to start singing uh, Beulah Land. You remember that old song? <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, you might want to turn yeah, the volume down. Turn your volume down. <laughs> so, or crank it. Yeah. Yeah. But you were not taken out of exile the other day. You're mm-hmm. still in Still there, yeah. And still having the same situations. Right. But the heart is different. Right. And, and yep. that's, that was an encouragement to me yeah. with you on that. So. Well, I thought it was a, a really sweet reminder for him that uh, the night before I went to tuck my little girl in bed, we tuck both of her kids in still and we asked, how can we pray for you? And so she told me, you know, her, her little concerns. And she never asks me ever, how can I pray for you? But that night she said, how can I pray for you? And so I said, well, pray that I would be obedient. And then I, the spirit kept pressing me to say, so I said, okay, not just obedient. Mm-hmm. Help me to be joyfully obedient. Because I can make my kids obedient. But when I see them do something out of a heart and a desire, that's not just a, she makes me, but I would desire to please her. It's, it's a different attitude. And um, when he laid Jeremiah 27 right in front of me f- to read, it was a really sweet reminder that he desires the same thing. It wasn't brand new information. It was just that because I was in, I don't know, a little bit different of, an, of a pit that day, I, whatever the enemy had used to, to get a hold of me, it was a sweet reminder that not only does he desire for us to be obedient, but he really does want your heart to line up. Right. And he would continue. He could have just said, I said, lay it down. But instead, he came behind with a really sweet reminder of, this is this is a good thing for right. you. And it changed my heart, for sure. Well, and it changes, it changes the way, it changes your vision, too. Because yes. in, to, in order to be in exile, in order to be you know, a pilgrim in a strange land, mm-hmm. and to be joyful about that um, requires the eyes of faith. Where he says, okay, you're, you're gonna be in Babylon, you're gonna be exiles, and what I want you to do is build homes mm-hmm. and right. get married and have right. family, you know? And, and Which is what he did in creation. Adam and Eve have a, a planet yeah. in front of them. Yeah. And he says, I want you to tame all this, I want you to build gardens out of it, I want you to bring order to all this, and I want you to multiply. Right. This is yours. And you think, how on earth are we going to, you know. Right. And there's a, there's a way in which the natural man would be overwhelmed, kind of faithless. I'm like, no, there's no way. But then there's this sort of holy fool. Yeah. It's like, yeah. when the natural response would be like, oh, for any Christian would be, oh, these are the, these are the end times. And like, mm-hmm. everything's, going to, everything's going to pot and just, right. let's just grit our teeth and wait it out. And let's just hunker down in our church communities. And what Jeremiah here is just saying, it's yours. This is this is the right. best time to be alive. Right, right. Because you have this promise that's going to require faith, and the welfare that that he's talking about is going to be measured out in how you choose to yep. how you choose to live. Where you say, what would happen if the church said, "This is a glorious time to be a Christian." Right. This is a, this is an incredible time. Mm-hmm. And like now, praying for those who persecute you, praying for those in authority, praying right. for the, that that is going to actually mean something different than if we lived in this massive utopia or something. Right. But to do that, you have to have the eyes of faith to say, um, "I don't see it." Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the the spies going into the promised land, where ten of them came back and like they're too big. Yeah. 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 And the two of them were like. God, are you serious? Like, it's ours for the taking. Who is right? How are you sad about this? Yeah, (laughs) and why are these giants anything to Yahweh? Yeah. Like, same with David and Goliath. Like, what is nine-nine-foot giant to me is, yeah, no thanks. Right. 
But a nine, nine foot giant against Yahweh, against the creator of him? What is that? Same in the promised land you were saying. And that came up to me a whole lot when I was kind of battling through this idea of, you know, just running to the hills with, in Montana, like there's not sin there, I guess. Right. I don't know. Right. <laughs> like there's well, not things well, there. I think even, even in our thinking of that, let's, let's go to another place that's better. It's just another inclination that the Father, there is something better here. I mean, even in our weakness, we are, we're seeking the thing that fa- I think the Father's already put it, that there's something more, there's something better than right. this. Right, true. Um, and uh, John Piper wrote something uh, on this about Christian exiles. I'll share those articles with you guys. Mm-hmm. But it says, the, the greatness of Christian exiles is not success, but service. Because what they do is this brokenhearted joy that we have all right. We're, yeah, we're joyful, but we're brokenhearted about what's going on. Uh, but it's for what Christ tells us, for the glory of God, and it's and it's for the love of others. And that's where we go in and do these battles. Yeah. But I tell you what, we just talked about it right before this thing podcast started. We, I said, man, I'm ready to go home and take a nap. You know. And then of course Matthew. Uh-huh. Right. Spiritualizes right. everything, right? right? Yeah. Exactly. Or we can gather the saints together, <laughs> encourage one another in this battle. I said. Well, that's good too. That's me talking myself into it. Yes, and then I'll go home and take a nap. But yeah. but right. but it is these conversations, the Jeremiah, the conversation that you know, and to remind each other. Okay, whoa, guys, listen, we are in exile, which should not be a um, a death sentence. It's just the opposite. Right. Okay, now it's the time to really show Christ where we're at and because there's going to be another day there's going to be another time mm-hmm. uh, and until that time you know continue to persevere right. and we need saints dangerous saints to say okay now listen but, it, but it's also it's perseverance in a battle that we're winning yes I think that's a, sometimes Christians would say like well we're, we're getting persecuted we're getting alienated we're getting pushed to the margins mm-hmm. we're losing but God has given us this command to endure and to fight the good fight so let's just Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Let's just mm-hmm. keep going through, and that's a different attitude than the like, guys. Come on, let's go. like we are. We're the momentum's on our side. Yeah, like yes. we're the ones who win. We're the cross was a battering ram to the gates of hell. Yeah. Like right. it's over. Right. Yeah. Done. So that all the the backlash of Satan and the backlash of the world is a serpent's tail flicking when his head has been cut off like right. it's the last vestiges right. of a defeated enemy mm-hmm. yeah so yes we have to persevere and yes we have to endure mm-hmm. but it's not it, it's joy like right. we have to do these things right. because the kingdom of god is measuring out a victory it's already happened it's done and so that that's different than when you when you tuck your children in at night you're not you're not oh gosh please it's more like man if i'm seeing the conquering of the gospel mm-hmm moment by moment how much more will they and in a thousand years how much further will the gospel have advanced mm-hmm. because of our obedience right, when, right. when you and I are dust and people people in the 10th Jesus century Jesus is coming before them <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. just wishful thinking okay, yeah. yeah. well, I just think of all just how kidding. many how many Christians were sharing the gospel in the 8th century right. that couldn't fathom bible reading plans on apps right. Right. in every language yeah. In, the, in our pockets, mm-hmm. and they were just scribing by hand, mm-hmm. you know, right. trying to copy out the gospel and trying to translate it, mm-hmm. having no idea what the gospel would look like in our day, mm-hmm. and here it is. Yeah. And we're still talking about persevering, we're still talking about working hard, and, and meeting a very, very, very heavy enemy every single day. The, right. the apathy of 
of modern Christians even, much less the world, and mm -hmm. redefinitions of gender, and rede all the chaos. And we can be tempted to just be like, man, it's all, it's right. all falling apart, right. which it is. But it's falling apart in a way that God is sovereign over and that he's redeeming mm -hmm. and that the church is, is not just skirting through, right. but is triumphant yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. And I think, man, in the year 3000, the year 4000, if God <laughs> tarries, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. just like the gospel is going to advance. We, right. just, we just know that. And it, we were talking about this earlier. It might cost me everything, mm -hmm. right? Like we know that God's going to give what's best for us. We just wonder how much it's going to cost. Yes. That Lewis quote. Mm -hmm. um, but I think just like the eyes of faith to read Jeremiah like that, that you're in exile, you're in a, you're a pilgrim in a strange land. Mm -hmm. Don't just build a tent, like set down roots yeah. and train your children, right. give them, give them good food, give them like, right. cause you've won. This is yeah, your, abundantly. this world is God's, yes. this is God's world. Yeah. And so there's a way of just rather than passing through that old song mm -hmm. where it's like, no, we're going to reclaim, yeah. right? Yeah. We're, yeah. we're right. going to reclaim. That's, that's God's, that's God's, right. that's God's, right. Yeah. right? And so there's a, there's a great valiant attitude that, that stokes in me to where every, every child of every Christian, every grocery bill of every Christian mm -hmm. is food and energy and time spent toward the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, very that's true. Not, it's not just gritting our teeth and yeah. burying it. And it's, and it's while you're in exile, you, you'll have these thousands of suggestions of paradise. Yes. That, that we see that is right and knowing that oh okay this is going to be fulfilled fully yeah. in things to come in other words you know it's just the trials and tribulation that we may face you know what is it working in us you know character and patience and and then ultimately hope but we see it right uh what was our student that did the uh commencement address ryan yeah ryan ryan Phillips. you know talk about suggestions of paradise that we just see you know uh all over the place um, that reminds us of things of scripture that we are on the victorious side right. mm -hmm. and that we do see that and sometimes we just see snippets of it or suggestions of it uh, that's coming full uh, and we need to encourage one another as, as long as it's called today in right. that yeah. so um, and that's the purpose of why we're even sitting here in this room with a right. microphone right. you know maybe yes, one person sure. you know for and sure. then the encouragement that one person could uh, due to someone else. It's just, that's the only reason why we're here, mm -hmm. is just to be able to, hey, listen, um, uh, I think I read another article. It says, how long in glory will it take you to realize everything that you may have suffered on this earth is all worth it? <laughs> I mean, how long would it take? Five seconds? Yeah. Okay, now what if you're just yeah. Eeyore, and it'll take you 500 years? To really get it around the head, yeah. okay, everything I, I went through here in exile is worth it. Okay, so the article goes on. So what if it took you 500 years? Okay, great. You got the next thousands of years to live this thing out. So it, it just just the encouragement of um, the things that are to come and how long will it take you? Yeah. That, that's a good thought, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's you know, really good thought. I'm hoping it won't take me 500 years. Well, but um, One of my favorite verses is when Paul says, now we see through a glass darkly, yes. but then we will see face to face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's just with those suggestions of paradise. It's, we see it. But Christians do, because it's only through the Holy Spirit that yeah. you see it. Yeah. But once you've seen it, you love it. I mean, 
the, the posture of your heart. Now, obviously, we get weighed down and we get distracted and, and we sin and we have to repent. But the posture is, I've seen a glimpse of the glory. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that's through a glass darkly. So it just makes me think when we get there, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will yeah. be. It's like when you see it face to face, it's just going to it's just going to put all of that together. Yeah. Right, right. Cindy Ackerman works in uh, the front office elementary, and um, she is right now, she's, she's moved, so this is the first year that she's kind of right across the hall from me. And so I don't remember what random conversation started this whole mentorship that we have going on, but she just is so good about loving on me and giving me homework. <laughs> so she'll say, um, okay, what are we supposed to be thinking of? Philippians 4, 8, right? Whatever's true, whatever's right, yeah. whatever's noble. Okay, well, in a day where you may get distracted, you're going to have to write those down. So begin to write those down. So I took her, I like to doodle anyway, so I'm writing his names, you know, the ones that I, and, and so I took her and I said, here's my homework, you know, finished. She said, oh, good, now tell me what these mean. What do they mean to you? And so one was, was breather of life. And so uh, I was thinking about we had uh, some really great salvations in middle school uh, last week and the week before. The Lord has been doing um, miraculous work here at Landmark. And so I was telling her, well, I was just thinking about those middle schoolers and how he's the breather of life. And Ezekiel 37, y'all know, is my, that's my jam. So as I'm describing Ezekiel 37, or, or why I liked this, it's, it's you know, part of Ezekiel 37 and, and yada, yada, yada. So as I'm talking it out to her, for pretty much the very first time, I, I said, he's the breather of life. That's the valley of dry bones, and he breathes life into this exceedingly great army standing before him. And Ezekiel gets to experience that because, well, because he's in the valley of dry bones. Because he had to stand there in a valley of dry bones which then took me back to that Jeremiah 27 exile thing, right? So when we see those glimpses, sometimes maybe they're really sweet and fruitful. Sometimes if we have our correct lenses on, which I did not, Mm -hmm. they're looking at things that seem dark, but really we can recognize, wait a minute, that's Ezekiel 37. Mm -hmm. That's a valley of dry bones. And so what I know is that the Lord prophesies order to them and life to them. And Ezekiel just had to be um, trusting enough and obedient enough. And maybe just like you said, I think, Matt, just a little bit crazy enough to go into the valley. Right. Remember, because you brought up something about a blue guitar. and you. Yeah. He had to be just a little bit crazy to go, well, you're taking me where? And he followed. And what he saw was a valley of dry bones, and it became an exceedingly great army. Right. So even those glimpses of paradise make him be... If we have, if we are in our words, if we are prayed up, if we're asking the Lord for the right attitude, and not always is that going to even happen, but we can see what I feel like what I see now is even in valleys of dry bones, wherever that is, wherever my kids go, wherever I'm going to go, I can see that as the Lord can absolutely begin to work here. Right. Yeah. The resurrection is the testament, at least if, if the resurrection, since the resurrection is true, then you can say... No, any news story you want to point me to pales in comparison to what is ultimately true. Yeah. Jesus yeah. isn't dead. Jesus raised himself from the grave. Mm-hmm. That changes everything, and that enables us to go into whatever whatever land we're exiled to, yeah. whatever our yeah. era is, yeah. with confidence. Is to say, 
Jesus is not in the grave. Mm-hmm. So whatever you say or whatever you define or whatever you attempt to do is going to fail. Right. Yes. And that's my confidence going into it. It's just, and it allows us to have a sort of lightness to our experience. Sure. That's like, yeah. you know, if, if my 80 or 90 years here are filled with suffering, I can hold my life lightly because Christ is resurrected and he's promised to resurrect me. Mm-hmm. He's, pres- he's promised to resurrect all things. What can man do again? It's Romans right, 8. Right, right. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Yeah, like yeah. nothing. Nothing. Right? Not even principalities and powers, mm-hmm. much less governments and cultures, right, right. right? Like these man made things. Right. And so just having the cross before you and having the empty tomb before you just to mm-hmm. say, Christ is risen today. Right. He's standing. Mm-hmm. Or he's seated, actually, at the right hand of the Father. He's seated, crowned. Mm-hmm. It's like, so whatever, com- that's the context that I need to interpret whatever comes into my day. Right, right. Of course my children will be okay, mm-hmm. eternally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tomorrow, I don't know. Right. Five years from now, I don't know. But eternally, they will be okay. Mm-hmm. Because God is sovereign. You know? And so there's this kind of, let me interpret everything I'm seeing in my line of sight in light of that. Yeah. Um, been in Acts uh, a little bit, and... Acts chapter 1, you know, 3 through uh, 5 is basically, you know, the disciples getting ready to get sent out, you know, to do this work. The, the ascension happened and they're ready to go. And I just love some of these things that he talked about here in, in verse 3. He says, after his supper, he also presented himself alive to these disciples. And for 40 days he went around, all right, presented himself with many proofs that the resurrection did happen. So, guys, I think. You know, for the biggest thing in my life, I've got to be solidified on, yes, Christ is alive. He is alive. And he, and he, and he kept on saying that. And he went around speaking uh, to them for 40 days about the kingdom of God. And this kingdom is the word basilia, which is the reign. He was talking about the reign of God in our hearts in order for us to do this work in this exile. If we don't have this reign, God is ruling and reigning me. Uh, and I am under his authority uh, and then and, and I'm not sure about the resurrection um, then then of course the next one is the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes up on them and they take you know all those things got to be part of our lives as well right. you know this this oh man you know he is alive one thing you know and two I got to be about the rain I'm coming under him and not trying to figure this thing out by myself. Right, and it's sure. under, he, he's the king. Yeah, we whip out our sword, ding, 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 at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. But that's all that is, like toothpicks. Yeah. You know? Right. Uh, 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 but he is the reigning king. And once we come underneath that reign, underneath that reign I have a mentor, John Brown, love him to death. He always said, you know, it takes uh, the reign of God in the hearts of man just for man to be normal. <laughs> just for us to be normal. Yeah. You know, anything else is falling short. And what is this normal? This abundant, overflowing life. Not that everything is going great in exile. Right. But we're moving in a direction. And he is king. And we are under his reign. And he is ruling and reigning in us. I just love that picture uh, of the apostles and of us. And of the death and burial and resurrection. Like through the power of the Spirit. Yes. Where it's like the Holy Spirit came and, the, and that enabled... Because you're right, the second we start strategizing yes. in our own efforts, we're going to be miserable and we're, there's always going to be something we could have done more of or something that didn't quite work. And Why is it that the gospel's not advancing? Why is it? It's because we're trying to raise, we're trying to 
Like, come on, Ezekiel. Right. Can you prophesy to these bones? Right. Like, no. He said, can, can they live? And Ezekiel <laughs> yeah. said, I don't know. Like, he didn't even go off his own data. His own data right. would say, absolutely not. Mm. You, they're not even together. They're not even like dead 30 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this sounds like, like a trick, trick question. Right, right. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. You know. He said, you know. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly if we have those lenses on. Our flesh gets in the way. My flesh got in the way for 48 hours. I was frustrated. I was okay, but how are they going to be okay? But what if, but I don't feel like they're ready. But wait, I don't see faith in them like basking over, you know, I, I, they're just normal 12 and eight year old. Like I don't see an, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter what I see. Right. It doesn't matter. We have to come back to that Psalm 127. Yeah. Right. You may build the house, but you're going to labor in vain. Yeah. You're the king. Right. Right. Yeah. And if I'm the king, we in a whole heap of trouble. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but well, if the father, if you put him right. where he's supposed to be every single time we come back to, then let it be. And what, what is then is good. Yeah. Even if it's full of Job-like moments, mm-hmm. it is good. My right. God can save me, but even if he doesn't. Right, right. You know. Well, well and that's the kind of, that sort of revelry and that sort of joy is what's going to cause the world to scratch its head. Yeah. That we're sending yeah. we're sending these Christian worshipers who refuse to bow down to the furnace and they're saying, Our God can save us from this yeah. and even if he doesn't. Yeah. It's like what doesn't change what can you do to me? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that the world doesn't know what to do with Christians like that. Sure. Christians who cower in fear because their paradigm is broken or something, yeah. the world can yeah. can squash that. Right. Just to say, you know what? We might see a glorious revival in America tomorrow mm-hmm. and people and people thousands coming to the Lord or it might continue to get worse and worse and worse and more secular more pagan more ungodly and then I die yeah he's still God yeah. it's the reign of God in the hearts yeah, of men right. it's like right. he's king regardless of if I live or die mm-hmm. and that settling that I'm, I'm preaching to myself here because I'm just like so, you mm-hmm. I, I fret and worry but it's like choosing to settle that in your heart will transform how you live, how you pray. But also, I think God is faithful to give us assurances, mm-hmm. those comforts along the way. It's yeah. like, yes, yeah. like, he'll He's honor sweet. that obedience with more of himself. Right. And right. that's something to look forward to. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to choose to do this, even though I don't see it, and believing that God will allow me to see more of it. Right. Because he delights in us seeing yeah. more of him. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good promise. Like you were saying, there were these conversations amongst each other because it doesn't really matter that my life verse is Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19. Though <laughs> no, it all falls apart. Was I living that? You yeah. know, those 48 hours? I mean, I needed I needed that conversation that you just walked up and said, how are you doing? Then Miss G just happened to walk in the door and we just began to talk and that, even in that, was encouraging to me. It didn't matter that my word, if you were to ask me, like, what's your one word? It's yet. Habakkuk 3.17 is talking about though the fig tree doesn't blossom and the olive, uh, the produce of the olive fail and there be no herd in the stalls and food in the field. Like, it's desolate. We are dying. He says, yet. Didn't matter that that was my life first at that moment. Didn't pertain to time Bristol. So I was, you know, panicking. Um, so yeah, choosing, again, I think we probably say this every podcast, but rallying around other dangerous saints is really, really important. Right. Because you can have all the knowledge, and I feel like we don't have just knowledge. I feel like I feel like for the three of us, it's true to say that we walk it out as best we can. Doesn't mean our flesh doesn't win some days. 
doesn't mean that something doesn't happen in our life that's too scary or it's the one thing that we were hoping wouldn't happen that we don't get a little bit sidetracked. Right. And then we have these conversations. And then we have our clink, 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 <laughs> sword, yeah. you know. Just remembering that it's true because you forget. Right, right. Yeah. There's a great um, story I read a couple days ago, I think. Um, but it's about this, I think, 7th or 8th century Christian missionary. Uh, which talk about a hard time to live. Period. Right. No, no <laughs> coffee makers. None, right? <laughs> well, and so, and that's another encouragement too. Just being reminded of believers of the past mm-hmm. and just True. burned yeah. at the stake, and, just yeah. all, and, and yet they saw and were convicted. And so that's a godly conviction. But it, it was Boniface, this English missionary to the Germans, I think, okay. in the seventh or eighth century. And one of the, th- it was a lot of things he was known for, but one of the things he did is that he cut down Thor's sacred tree, the sacred tree to a pagan god, and used the lumber to build a Christian church. And that was enough for me. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's all right. awesome. Yeah, just so I'm ready to go. Because that's just like, not, I mentioned this earlier, but I, was just, I don't want to be a Christian that's making it in a pagan world. Right. Because I'm in exile. But I want to be the kind of Christian that says, it's not a gen- it's it's an exile, but that's not ultimately what it is. This this right. world is God's. God made it. Mm-hmm. God loves it. He reigns over it, and He sent His Son to die to redeem everything that Adam mm-hmm. caused to fall. Mm-hmm. And it's like all of creation is groaning for the day of redemption. So right. all of right. it, God loves all of it, mm-hmm. and it's all His. And so to think like all of these, all of these. Uh, pagan gods sacred trees of the secular mm-hmm. world right. it's like it's not yours it's his and so there's a there's a sort of full court press that the christians can do with joy to say no i'm not going to bow down to your god right. no you can't have my kids mm-hmm. they will be catechized by the lord they will right. be discipled by the church they will be equipped with the fruit of the spirit they they will be given the armor of god they will be given right. these things right and they are going to be sent out into the world to reclaim what you think is yours. Mm-hmm. And it's that, that so kind true. of like, what can you do? Right. That Thor has no power. Baal has no power. And right. so I've, a lot of my concerns over my life and my family, a lot of it is either an idolatry of comforts. I don't want my world to get uncomfortable, which is something I have to repent of. Or... A, f- a fear or a forgetting that God isn't sovereign over every square inch of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And you forget like, oh, it's up to me to make sure they have this, and right. make sure they right. learn that, and make sure they do this. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, my children aren't even mine. Mm-hmm. They're the fruit right. of God's blessing. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just the thought of, I mean, this is how crazy, you know, the flesh goes, you know, with me is even in exile, talking about what we're talking about, then okay, God's going to redeem it. But sometimes my twisted mind still thinks, okay, God's going to redeem this junk. Um, um, that He is going to to make my life more comfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. That He is going to oh, this means it's going to be easier for me. This means that while I'm here, it's just it's just going to get better, you know, for me personally. And right. um, you know, and, and, and that's just not the case. It, it, it's where the gospel comes in. It, it's just, listen, I'm doing a new work, you know. And um, and he said, what, Matthew 16 said, I will build the church. And the gates of hell 
shall not prevail against it. Whatever God is doing, I don't care what rebellious spirit there is, it's not stopping the church. And it's not stopping the dangerous saints um, uh, as far as being redeemed and restored. So I just love that. But my way of thinking that God's going to do something is, oh, he's going to make it easier for me. And, um, And I think that's where I get in exile, thinking that, oh, okay, this is what this this is where God is leading me, and it, and it's not because they are um, things that He wants to redeem, people that He wants to uh, get to, and He's using us right. in order to do that. You know what is it? The angels are looking over, wondering how He's going to redeem all this earth. Yeah, it's through us. Yes. Church, yeah. Are you kidding me? That what a horrible plan! To all these broken people. Yeah, <laughs> selfish, <it's>, prideful. Broken <laughs> yes, people. and. Um, so I just just love that idea. Hey, Matthew 16, I will build my church. I'm not building it. He is building the church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So, um, man, you, you, you said it at the very beginning, you know, the victory is, we're headed to it. It's you know, done, it's, yeah. it's done, and, and we're headed to this ultimate re- redemption. And... Um, the encouragement of it, yes. Yeah. Well, and even wanting, like you were talking about wanting wanting certain things to happen because it would make life more comfortable. Yes. There's a, I think there's a godly desire that that's, we want <laughs> heaven. Yeah. Right, right. And so the sooner the better, right? Yeah. Let's go ahead and get it here. Yeah. And that's faulty because yeah. God is God is redeeming things for his glory and we want to make it happen now in our, in our framework. But it's just letting that be, okay, I'm, I'm wanting a revival. I'm wanting this whole country, this whole world be filled with believers worshiping God together, all in one voice. It's just not happening yet. It's like, well, okay, Lord, in your time, it will. It will. Every knee will bow. So help me to be faithful with the exile and all the just all the stuff in Babylon. I don't, I want this to be Jerusalem. I want Mm -hmm. this to be the promised land and it's Babylon. But help me to love it, pray for it, seek the welfare of the city. Not about me. Yeah. <laughs> and still enjoy the Christian revelry of it. Yes. Of the victories, of us being together, of us sojourning together. And um, it's it's the balance of that too. And those are the suggestions of paradise, right? Of us rejoicing over victories. Yes. And um, and even what the Lord has taught you in Jeremiah, you know, that's just encouraging, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as y'all were talking about idols and uh, like that comfort, um, those kinds of things that uh, took me to Isaiah 44. Um, and, and it's a, you it's ever a get in the New Testament? good little section. No, I love the Old Testament. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I love the Old Testament. <laughs> Dry bones. Dry bones. Gray slabs of stone. We went camping this past summer, and, um, and this place had a little whiteboard out where you bought like the rafting tickets and stuff, and somebody had a verse from Numbers uh-huh. up on the whiteboard. And I told my husband, I was like, if you quote Numbers, and that's what you pull out on your whiteboard, I'll come camp at your camp uh, anytime. <laughs> like, I feel like no. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, Isaiah, right? Isaiah 44, and it's talking about, uh, in verse 12, we'll, we'll skip some because it's a whole little section, but in verse 12, it's talking about the ironsmith takes a cutting tool and works it over the coals. He fashions it with hammers and he works it with his strong arms. He becomes hungry and his strength fails. He drinks no water and he faints. The carpenter stretches a line. He marks it out with a pencil. So he's talking about that we are making the idol right here. We are working and we are laboring, right? So then if you skip on down uh, to verse 20, it says, He feeds on ashes. A deluded heart has led him astray. Mm -hmm. 
So there's a whole lot that, that you can you know read in here, but um, it, it says he, he's making all of this, and it says that he prays, deliver me for you are my God. So the thing that he just created with his own toil and his own hands, he then turns and he says, you got to deliver me. And, and in verse 20, it says he's, he's with working with a deluded heart. So if our work, whether that's in our parenting or whether that's in our jobs or our bank accounts or in our, in our marriages even, yeah. if they're idols, if we're working and laboring, um, if they become our idols, if we're working so that we can be comfortable, we're working on a, in a, on a diluted heart, on ashes, it can't even be the thing that we made it's not even going to bring us comfort. Right. We think if we get to this point, I think if I get to the hills of Montana, you may think if I get to nap time, I don't know, retirement. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if we do those things and we're laboring, they become our idol. He says you're feeding on ashes. Right. It, it is of nothing. If you make the best, biggest idol you possibly could make. And the first time I read this, I was just, it was, it was about five years ago when my, my entire battle happened with my motherhood. And it was, the Lord really used that for my kids because I want to shape them and make them the next John Piper and Priscilla Shires. You know, I want them to be bold and proclaiming the gospel. And, but if I try to make them and toil and build them up, even if I could do that with my own hands, even if the Lord said, okay, I'll let you do what you want. The thing that I create in Ty and Bristol, the thing that I, that, it would be off of a deluded heart. Right. It would be of ashes. Like it's right. no worth, no value. Um, but anyway, that just... And that you can't possibly love them as much as God loves them. Yeah. Right. And that's Which a humbling is, thing. Yes. Because right? you think every desire I have for them is good. Everything I want for them is mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And if only they would do it, then I then their greatest good would be measured out in what we've done together. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, it wouldn't. They'd be made in your image. Yeah. You know? It's not good. And so that's where it's just like, like having a light... Hold, and this is convicting for me because I, I overthink and I, same thing. You just mm-hmm. kind right. of white knuckle all the decisions and you're like, right. make sure yes. they're. And it's like, if you just, like, the joy of the Lord is your strength, mm-hmm. a light touch. Mm-hmm. And just say, whether I live or I die, just mm-hmm. holding light on your possessions. I think in, uh, is it Acts, I think, or Hebrews, maybe? Hebrews. In Hebrews, I think it says they joyfully accepted the plundering of their house. Yeah. It's like, I'm not ready for that. I'm not joyfully accepting the plundering of my house. I like my house. I think, yeah. But it's like, you're in exile. You're in exile, so build your house. Mm -hmm. Get married. Plant. Mm -hmm. And if it gets taken from you, rejoice. If it multiplies a thousandfold, rejoice. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, what a light view of your own situation must you have. And what a huge view of God must you have. Mm -hmm. Be able to live that. Right. Yeah. But it's he he's the one that's making, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the Matthew sixteen again, I will build my church. But it's also go, you know, if you love me, you follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Right. Right. I'm not even I can't even fish for men. Yeah. He said, I will make you fishers of men. So it's this it's this again, I think just coming under this rule and reign of God mm-hmm. that okay, whether I have, Paul says, much or I have nothing. Right. You know, there's one thing I have been able to do is be you know be content under this rule and reign of the father that he is over my life no matter what happens um and um that's just a difficult thing to do but it's the thing that we need to be reminded of um because these light afflictions you know how long in glory is going to take you to realize that everything that you suffered here 
is rejoicing there. But it's also rejoicing is this new heaven and new earth, right. this new body. And, you know, I was reading that article, you yes. know, on Randy Alcorn. He says, there is a new heaven, there is a new earth. There is ruling and reigning and rejoicing that is to come. And we have got to keep that in mind as well. So Everything sad will be untrue. Everything yeah, sad will be untrue. All of your anxieties. Yeah. All of your Isn't that a great thought? What a great sentence. Yeah. It will, yeah. Everything sad it. will come untrue. That's really, really good. Oh. I have a friend. Okay, here's New Testament for you. All right. Yay. 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 John 3.16. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It is in one of the Gospels. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I'm sure it's in a few of them. But when Jesus goes into one of the synagogues and he's in front of the Pharisees and he's watching all of these high rollers put in their money and then he, this widow puts in her two pennies, even though it's not what it was. Mm-hmm. So I have a friend... Um, and she, she kind of, we share and that we have to encourage each other in this motherhood fear kind of thing. And so she, I don't remember what she found. She ordered them off of Amazon, like two little fake coins, but she would put them on her nightstand. And every morning when she woke up, she just slid them from one side of the nightstand to the other. And she said, here's everything I have. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a good reminder yeah. of, yeah. okay, the, the minute she woke up, everything I have is yours. And then I'll get up and I brush my teeth and I'll think of something that's <laughs> I, I'm afraid of. That'll last right? about 30 seconds. Right? Yeah. True Israelite. That was yesterday. Yes. What about today? Right. But it was such a sweet picture of giving everything. And that's how, at least for me, in the moments where I can remember to do that, when you slide everything across the table, it's like, okay, yeah. I'm going to live lightly. Yes. Something happens, i got to put it up. And up. This is yours. That's right. Just throw it back where it needs to go yeah, anyway. So good. So I love that image. It's good. It's good. Either that or get up and just sharpen your axe to go cut so, down yeah, the sacred yeah, tree. Yeah, something floor. real cool. Yeah. It's like what what sacred tree of the enemy do I need to to tear down today? Yeah, or what Tony Evans says, you know, the king to man is the kind of the man yes. that slings his feet out of bed and as yes. soon as it hits the floor, all of hell says, Oh crap, he's up. Yes. You know, yeah. that's yeah. that's so that's that that dangerous. But you know what that looks like is just under the reign of God and here's my Two mites I slid across the... That is the dangerous man. That is the dangerous man. Here it is. Whatever it's going to cost me today. That's a great combining of those illustrations because we think to be the man who puts his feet on the floor and is dangerous, I've got to X, Y, Z. Yes. And it's like, no, Christ is building his church. You get up and give it away. Yeah. That makes you dangerous. It's like that just paradox that I can't... In my flesh, I don't wrap my head around it. I just think, okay, I've got to... I gotta do more, and I've gotta. It's like no, just the 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 man who loses his life will find it. Yeah. Um, that. Yeah. Oh wow! Right, which yeah. is so true, but not. Palm open. Yes. Yeah. Right. You gonna give me something? Fine. If you wanna take it, take it. And uh, wow, yeah. powerful guys. Well, so good. Last thoughts. Anybody have any final? Mm. Let me thumb through the Old Testament. We'll get we'll get, get Shauna the last third of her Bible open. Yeah, well, it's just that Matthew sixteen. I will build a church, my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Guys, the gates of hell is not prevailing against right. this church. That's right. So let's be about that. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. anybody listening to can just whatever that context is for them. Yeah, for right. you listening, yeah. just yeah. whether it's children, um, choices, school, marriage, all those things, just yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Surrendering is the last thing we want to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And just not looking inward, but looking upward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, excellent. Well, this has been 
glorious. A great, that was a great conversation. That was. I enjoyed that. I did Absolutely. Well, we might have a special guest next time. There, there is a reigning uh, expert of all things. <laughs> yeah. the, he would actually hate that I said that, so I won't. We're going to yeah. have to brush up on our vocab for you. Unless <laughs> 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 right, you crack over the intestine. If it is who I think it is, I'm going to have to say next podcast. Wait, wait, wait. Now, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Excuse me. Test him on his, on his Greek. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, we'll withhold his name for now until That's we've right. actually booked him. Let's, let's make sure, sure that If the Lord wills. Well, amen. amen. Well, for Fred and for Shauna and for myself, it's been Kill the Dragon, right. Dangerous Danger Saints, Saints. Uh, may it be, and may, may God bring uh, his kingdom come. Thank you all for listening, and tune in next time.